Hi, welcome back to Holzer Talk Podcast. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So we're in our third season of Holzer Talk, and we're changing subjects. So last season, we talked about culture. Now we're talking about humanizing Holzer. Yes. And what better way to start off our brand new season with our incoming CEO, mm-hmm. Dr. Rodney Stout. Hi, Dr. Stout. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing well today. Good. We're so glad that you're here. Yes. All right, Dr. Stout. So to start off, we like to have people tell us their favorite joke. Are you ready? I guess I am. All right. <laughs> no, I'm not uh, really much of a, a joke teller, um, but uh, I do have one. Okay. So um, how do you make holy water? How? I don't know. You boil the hell out of it. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good one. All right, Dr. Stout. So this is a brand new season. We've got new questions. Mm -hmm. And our first question is really like, who are you? So tell us a little (laughs) bit about yourself. Uh, Okay. Um, Well, I was uh, born on a gray day on a Tuesday. No. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I... I'm Missouri born and raised. I uh, was born in Springfield, Missouri, which is uh, in southwest Missouri. Uh, my dad uh, was in the Korean War and was sort of late to um, education. And so we moved around a lot when I was young. Uh, he was uh, going to uh, different uh, universities, got a master's, and then started in um, hospital administration. Uh, so moved around quite a bit. Uh, moved when I was four, moved when I was six, moved when I was eight. Uh, actually ended up uh, growing up uh, north of Kansas City in a small town, lived there for 10 years. Uh, then uh, ended up going back to school in Springfield to uh, south, what was then Southwest Missouri State University. Got a bachelor's in chemistry. Uh, then started medical school in, uh, uh, way back in the day. Uh, ended up uh, flying the coop after medical school, went to Pennsylvania where I met my wife. Uh, we ended up going, after we got married, we went back to Missouri to finish my training in endocrinology. Uh, and then uh, she didn't want to stay in Missouri, and I didn't want to get too close to her family back in Pennsylvania. Uh, so we looked to settle somewhere in between, and that's what uh, brought us to Gallup Police. Came here in 1995 and have been here ever since. Wow. So have you been with Holzer that entire time? I have been. Oh, wow. That's cool. joke that it's been my first and only job. (laughs) (laughs) So why endocrinology? Uh, Good question. Um, I think with most things that uh, physicians end up where they are, it's because of some uh, mentor or uh, role model that they uh, came across in their training. Uh, and that's what happened to me when I was, uh, as, it was actually my last rotation as a fourth year medical student was endocrinology uh, and the uh, head of the uh, division was actually a father of one of my classmates, uh, but uh, was just a, um, the, what you would envision in a physician, um, just uh, had a, a fatherly figure, uh, his bedside manner was just second to none. Uh, and he was a very smart gentleman. And I guess endocrine sort of fits my personality. I mean, it is uh, probably the least procedural uh, oriented uh, uh, specialty in medicine, uh, much more of a, a cognitive uh, specialty. Uh, endocrinology is a lot about uh, 
processes and feedback loops and uh, sort of thinking things through one thing sort of leads to another that then you know ends up feeding back on on things so I uh, just fit my personality and had a great mentor and um, and, and then, you know, when I did my internal medicine training in Pennsylvania, uh, there too, uh, met uh, a couple of endocrinologists that sort of uh, reconfirmed what I what I wanted to do. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so outside of being an endocrinologist, what are some of the things you like to do outside of work? Um, you know, I have a lot of interest. Um, I'm not really great at uh, anything, but probably the thing I most enjoy, I own 30 acres of mostly wooded hillside uh, just outside of Gallup Police uh, that I spend a lot of time in the woods. Uh, you know, all of, one of my passions uh, is uh, forestry, a lot of the uh, natural uh, forest in the eastern half of the United States are being invaded by lots of things that shouldn't mm-hmm. uh, shouldn't be there. A lot of underbrush, uh, non-native uh, species that's crowding out uh, the natural uh, things. So I've been working probably the last 15 years on uh, uh, clearing that out of my woods. Oh, okay. That's really cool. Yeah. So, so, you know, I'll go out on a Saturday and just spend two or three hours in the woods with uh, a set of loppers and uh, a, a spray of some uh, herbicide. You know, you you sort of cut it off at the base, and then you uh, spray the base with a uh, herbicide to keep it from growing back. Oh, okay. So, Very cool. Yeah. I um, like playing golf. Okay. Uh, I like exercising, like running, like biking. Um, so a lot of a lot of outdoors kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I had a question and it left me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um. When so you're currently the chief medical officer. Um, when did you take over that role? I took that uh, at the end of 2016. Uh, Dr. Kennedy had been the chief medical officer, mm-hmm. and when we had a change in leadership in late 2016, he ascended to the CEO, which opened up the CMO role, and um, and I was appointed that. So it'll be seven years by the time I uh, by the end of this year and uh, and take over my new role. Okay. And so what is some things that a chief medical officer does? So the chief medical officer is uh, essentially, you know, if you think of all the different uh, executive vice presidents uh, in the organization, you know, you've got finance, you've got nursing, you've got operations. Uh, so the chief medical officer uh, is, uh, leads the uh, physicians and providers uh, within the organization. So. Uh, all of the uh, medical directors report up to me, so you know, chief of surgery, chief of medicine, all of the department uh, medical directors. Uh, I also uh, head up uh, quality uh, uh, department, uh, population health, uh, and I'm missing one, uh, provider relations. Uh, so recruiting you know, heads, heads up through me, which is sort of a natural uh, kind of thing, but so sure. a lot of lot of all of that just uh, patient care uh, related activities. Okay, very cool. Yeah. All right. So you've been a Holzer since 1995. So mm-hmm. you know you've been here for a while. So Dr. Stout, what makes Holzer a great place to work? Uh, the people. You know, I uh, we've got uh, 2,400 or so employees um, that uh, are just great. I mean. Um, sort of mis- Midwestern flair, obviously, uh, but uh, 
we you know we focus on uh, friendliness uh, and it really shows in our people uh, and just the again the the talent of of all of our uh, workers um, the the hard work that they do uh, but you know it's the relationships that you build uh, over the years, um, you know, just really has made it uh, very enjoyable. Awesome. Very good. Yeah. So as a, provi- a specialist on top of that, a provider, you know, what, what has made you other than friendliness mm-hmm. stay in your role since 1995? Um, well, endocrinology, obviously, uh, you know, hormones, diabetes, thyroid, uh, I was the first board-certified uh, endocrinologist to come to Holzer, um, and there has been no shortage of patients. Um, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, was the only uh, you know, endocrinologist uh, up until Dr. Roscoe just uh, joined us earlier mm-hmm. this year. We've been looking for a second endocrinologist uh, for probably 15 years. Uh, when it became clear that we uh, weren't going to get anyone in the immediate future, uh, back in 2009, we... Uh, brought on uh, Neil Collins uh, to uh, to join me, uh, so he was the first uh, uh, advanced practice provider to join the service. Um, he's done a great job. You know, things uh, that I'm that I'm proud of. It's really you know building that team uh, mm-hmm. that we have now with uh, uh, Neil and Susanna Duncan, uh, Bridget Wilburn, and then Dr. Roscoe. You know, we have five providers in the department, which uh, is probably the uh, largest uh, group of endocrine providers uh, south of Columbus um, until you get over to the Cincinnati area. But you know, endocrinology is just a, a rare specialty uh, these days. There's more doctors retiring than are coming out of training, uh, primarily because of the compensation, you know, because we don't do uh, procedures. It's mostly just office-based uh, visits, uh, you know, there's, uh, no more, uh, compensation than just, you know, in primary care. Mm-hmm. And actually some studies have shown way back in the day that the years that you spend in your endocrine fellowship, you never gain back, uh, in the form of compensation, uh, which, you know, if, uh, that's never been, uh, my driving force, uh, nor should it be the driving force, uh, for any, <laughs> uh, physician, but, uh, you can imagine that, uh, some of the, uh, uh, specialties, other specialties sort of, uh, draw that in because sure. of that. But, um, but anyway, so, you know, there's, it's a very hard to find, uh, recruit if, if you're looking for that. Um, so anyway, so our, our department of five providers is sort of a, a rarity, uh, across the area. So very, again, very proud of that. And again, just very proud of, of the services that we can offer, uh, Susanna Duncan and Bridget Wilburn, when it comes to insulin pumps, uh, continuous glucose uh, monitoring systems, you know they know more than than uh, anybody that you'll find anywhere. So um, they are a great service to the area, and that's you know where diabetes, especially uh, type one diabetes, is heading. Uh, it won't be long. Uh, hopefully, I've been saying this for 20 years. I, I keep getting more correct as each year goes by. Right. Uh, that we're coming close to a, a fully automated system to where uh, you can just uh, put on this device and it will take care of the diabetes for you. We're not there yet, but uh, getting much closer. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a huge help for uh, diabetic patients for sure. So outside of the office, 
um, or I guess inside, what is something that you is your you consider your greatest accomplishment? Greatest accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know as far as you know personal accomplishments. I don't know that I've got a, a whole lot to uh, uh, share or brag about. Uh, you know, the things that again that I, I feel most uh, proud about uh, generally come from team efforts. Uh, you know, this past spring, uh, my wife and I uh, celebrated our 30th uh, wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, so I had, I guess, 50% uh, share of that. Um, <laughs> you know, we, uh, I have two children, uh, both uh, boys that are uh, now out of the house. My youngest son's a junior down at Marshall University. Um, but uh, managed to uh, to get them uh, raised and uh, on their own. They seem to be uh, finding their way pretty well. My oldest son is in, actually in medical school uh, over at Wright State. So, oh, cool. Um, you know, certainly proud of, of his uh, accomplishments. Um, you know, I was uh, one of the things that I was um, uh, fortunate to be a part of. Uh, uh, I. Uh, played football. Uh, I enjoyed all sports uh, through uh, high school uh, growing up. Uh, but uh, our football team won state my senior year uh, back in Missouri. Got to play in uh, Bush Stadium, uh, which was the home of the then uh, St. Louis Cardinals professional football team. Shared, you know, back in the day, those stadiums uh, were dual baseball, football stadiums. You know, they all sort of looked the same, Cincinnati, <laughs> Pittsburgh, uh, and uh, St. Louis. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it is a memory that, you know, there's, uh, I've stayed very close with the uh, five guys uh, from my high school. Uh, and it's just a, a shared memory that, uh, that we uh, uh, talk about every time we get back together. But it was a, uh, a really uh, neat experience that uh, has, has lasted all these years. Um, as far as other uh, things, um, you know, really the... Um, uh, I mentioned the uh, the endocrine office, uh, the uh, executive team that I've been a part of these last seven years uh, has been a great experience. Uh, the things that uh, we've accomplished as a health system under Dr. Kennedy has really been uh, short of uh, miraculous. Uh, how how you know the morale was uh, extremely poor back in uh, 2015, 2016. You know the years following the merger. Uh, uh, you know, that's an interesting story uh, in and of itself. You know, we had had a number of consultants uh, at the time. You know, we merged in 2012, and yeah, we we had people said, you know, this is going to be harder than than what you probably think that it is. And, oh no, no, I mean, we're just going to keep doing the things that we're doing. <laughs> uh, you know, follow the performa that had laid out. Well, we weren't following the performa that was laid out, and the performa that was laid out really wasn't. Uh, nearly as accurate as it uh, should have been. Uh, so as soon as we merged, we started losing money. And uh, unfortunately, leadership at that time wasn't uh, quite where it needed to be. We had uh, we went through a couple of different uh, changes in leadership, uh, once in 2014, once in 2016. Uh, and again, when we uh, when Dr. Kennedy took over in 2016, you know, things were, were not very good. Um, and uh, he really... Uh, put together a, a great team uh, that again I was uh, uh, been blessed to be a part of, and we've just uh, got uh, you know got things going and rolling, and 
um, I think uh, as far as uh, what we've been able to achieve as a healthcare system uh, has been really, really great. A lot of the, a lot of the things that we're doing, a lot of the care that we're providing, uh, is really state of the art. And again, you won't find uh, better uh, in uh, many other places. Absolutely, I was hired in two thousand thirteen. So right mm -hmm. after the merger. Yeah. And I can tell you over the last 10 years, um, it has been quite the change. Um, and I think you're right. I think a lot of it was the executive team working really hard to change the morale because we were losing not only money, but people. I mean, we had a no lot way. of it yeah, and providers, especially. Yeah. Um, so like what kind of piece of advice would you do you give your providers um, when they're going through like a particularly rough time? Um, you know, I think when it, you know, comes right down to it, whether it's, uh, you know, physicians, uh, providers or, or any staff, it's, uh, know your job, uh, and do it to the best of your ability every day. Uh, try to avoid distractions. Uh, you know, and then that's hard. You know, we, we're all humans. Uh, there are things that occur uh, outside of work. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, when we bring those things to work, it just uh, makes doing our job uh, more complicated. Uh, and, you know, doing our job, you know, if somebody's not doing their job, you know, is it because uh, they don't want to do their job, which is usually not the case. It's usually <laughs> because they've not had the adequate training. Uh, and so as leaders, you know, that's really our uh, job is to make sure that uh, everybody uh, that uh, uh, you know, works in our downlines knows knows what is expected of them. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dr. Stout. So is there anything that you would like to share that we haven't asked you or that you wish we would have asked you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm, that's a good question. We've covered, uh, covered a lot of uh, territory. Um, yeah, I, one of the things uh, I failed to mention uh, on the accomplishment side, I uh, also have been very proud of you know where we have gone with our culture. Uh, back in 2017, 2018, I remember uh, talking amongst the uh, executive team as far as things we should be focusing on. Uh, and at that time, if you looked at our patient satisfaction scores amongst, uh, you know, physicians, providers, uh, as well as a lot of the other areas, you know, they weren't uh, really as good as they needed to be. Uh, you know, our uh, uh, mission of friendly visits, excellent care, every patient, every time speaks to the patient experience. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if it was just about quality of care, we would just say excellent care, every patient, every time. Mm -hmm. So that, that friendly uh, component uh, is really speaks to the patient experience. So if you looked at our patient satisfaction scores, as a system, we were around the 50th percentile back in 2016. And we uh, you know, uh, put a focus on that. Uh, we started with an educational program uh, with the uh, physicians and APPs. Uh, mainly, you know, we didn't put any kind of performance measure in. We just, you know, and what we, you know, a lot of the feedback we got was what was expected was that, you know, what, you know, these surveys are, you know, a bunch of junk. They're not, you know, they don't speak to my <laughs> patients. My patients are different. Um, and we just uh, spent uh, the first couple of years on education. Uh, and again, these, yes, the, you know, these uh, 
surveys are, are what they are, but you know, it's the same survey that tens of thousands of uh, physicians and providers are being, you know, graded on. Right. Um, and you know, at that time, we really thought that a lot of the uh, payers were going to be using uh, that data to influence uh, payments more than than sort of what has come out of that. Uh, but you know, we went from the 50th percentile uh, in 2016 uh, to now we've been between the 80th and 90th percentile uh, for the last uh, couple of years. Uh, which is again a, a great testament to our, our folks uh, that only again ten to twenty percent of other health systems are are doing better than we are. So oh, that's a huge accomplishment. So, yeah. So. And you know Ryan Finch has been an integral uh, part of that. Uh, you know I knew that we had turned a corner uh, when people started uh, when physicians started reaching out to Ryan uh, for him to help them uh, improve their scores. Uh, yet in 2016, that that would not have ever happened. But uh, but now people, you know, are paying attention to that. And one of the things I uh, have uh, talked to our uh, physicians about uh, uh, periodically uh, is to care more about their patient satisfaction scores than their production uh, numbers. Uh, and that's a bit of a you know that's that that's a little bit of a hard concept uh, to uh, to grasp, but. Uh, but that's you know that's if we concentrate on on our patients and again both providing good quality care but again to make their experience the best uh, they continue to come back I mean that's how you build loyalty right and when things do get tough uh, for for patients when they have to start making decisions where am I going to go for care my you know insurance uh, plan wants to try to steer me here uh, but if we have that loyalty loyalty uh, with them, you know, they will continue to choose Holzer. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Uh, are things going to be any different under uh, your leadership as CEO than what we've seen with uh, Dr. Kennedy? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I joke that, uh, uh, and Dr. Kennedy is, is well aware of this, uh, our personalities uh, and leadership styles are about as different as you can get. Uh, we were uh, at a uh, uh, meeting uh, back uh, a couple of years ago. Orthopedics was doing some team building stuff, and uh, Dr. Ali uh, had them doing a personality kind of survey. It wasn't a, a Ms. Lotch. Uh, type of thing, but uh, but uh, but we took it, and Dr. Canada and I were sitting uh, beside each other, and you know there was sort of a a circle uh, with different uh, leadership styles around you know the circumference, and uh, when we looked at our uh, our results, uh, we were exactly 180 degrees different uh, <laughs> around that circle. Uh, but uh, so our our styles are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, uh, our philosophy on what it takes to be successful in healthcare uh, are are extremely similar, and you know I think our our love for Holzer uh, and how we want Holzer to be successful um, uh, line up uh, you know almost identically. Uh, so you know we're, the plan is to continue uh, to push forward on our uh, on living our mission. Uh, every day um, and getting better uh, every day with uh, the level of care we provide our patients uh, and the experience that we provide for them. 
That's fantastic. So we were, I don't know if Sarah was here, but your town hall that was at this facility not that long ago. I think you got that question thrown at you then. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I think it's nice for us to see that, you know, the progress we have made and the work that we have done is still going to continue. Um, And I think that's a positive thing to look forward to. Um, Is there anything that you plan on doing differently? Um, I don't know that anything uh, different. I mean, there are going to continue to be financial pressures on the organization. Um, And how we respond to those pressures um, is uh, going to require us to uh, review everything that we do, every process. You know, are we doing things as efficiently uh, as we can? Are we doing everything we can to make sure that our payers are paying us everything they're supposed to? Right. You know, a lot of a lot of the payers are looking for any kind of uh, mistake or any kind of uh, documentation. Uh, error or difference uh, that they can justify not paying us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, staying on top of all of those uh, different rules, uh, making sure that we document everything, making sure that there's no uh, errors in anything that uh, somebody who touches uh, a patient. Uh, but again, just continual process review uh, is going to force us to do, you know, I think we're going to uh, uh practice medicine differently just because that's what um, the nature of the business. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is the billing side of it, of, you know, insurance and then denials and then appeals and all of that. And then reimbursement for sure. And staffing of course has been uh, a major issue Mm -hmm. uh, ever since we uh, got into the uh, pandemic Mm -hmm. uh, and still struggling on so many different fronts with uh, getting, uh, uh, nursing and mm-hmm. and radiology techs, laboratory techs. I mean, there's just so many areas that uh, that every health system uh, is struggling with. I mean, just so many people have left uh, the uh, the market. I'm not sure what they're doing now, but mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are not uh, in healthcare anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Stout, it was great to sit down and yes, talk with absolutely. you. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with Thank us. You we for really asking appreciate me. it. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. This has been a Holzer Talk production. We are your co-hosts, Sarah Smith and Sarah Lowry. For more information on services provided by Holzer, please visit www.holzer.org. Or if you're interested in any of our training opportunities, visit hlii.org.